Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you are taking the time to connect with me for these few moments. And on today's show, I want to talk about the eye of the mind. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe you want to take some copious notes. I think this is going to be a really great show today. I want to take my text from Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look at this in the Message Bible I'm going to kind of cite a few things from verse number one all the way to verse number 11. So we want to kind of compact this. And I think this will be a blessing to you. Obviously, the Message Bible reads a little bit different, different translation. But I think this is really going to wake up and give us some background about where I want to go today when we talk about the eye of the mind. So it starts out like this. It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story item by item, that long litany of hostility, he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline in your souls and this all-out match against sin others have suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through all that bloodshed so don't feel sorry for yourselves or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as one of his children this in my opinion is a dynamic text because it has So many human characteristics about what Jesus had to go through to purchase our salvation. And so when we forget about this, the Bible reminds us to go over these items line by line because it will shoot adrenaline in your veins. And so there are times in my life when I'm kind of having a bad day or feeling sorry for myself, like some people do. And so reading the word of God, for me, it gives me perspective in this topic that I'm calling the eye of the mind. And this is how Jesus did it. He was able to go through things and take a licking, as they say, and keep on ticking. And I think this is so important, especially in the hour that we live. We need the eye of the mind, not the eye of the tiger. We need the eye of the mind. We need our mentality straight. 
so that we can continue to take this fight on to the enemy and realize fighting the good fight of faith is something that we really need to be about every day. And Jesus proved this time and time again. He was that designer person. He was the master of all of this. And so, you know, I really get excited when I read these passages because it just kind of gives me a different perspective that I need to have, especially when I'm going through things that I don't understand. And so there's no need for us to feel sorry for ourselves. We just need to really look at this and allow the Holy Spirit to open up our minds. Now, the book of Hebrews is all about remaining faithful to God. And we do this through the eye of the mind. And this is how Jesus did it, in my opinion. Now, the scripture says here that I just read to you, keeping your eyes on Jesus. And Jesus kept his eyes on God. This is how you really narrow the playing field when you can Keep your eye on the right thing, because as I've always said, that feelings follow focus. Whatever you focus on, you begin to feel. And Jesus hid no thing from us. He showed us through this text and other uh, particular texts in the Bible about how he felt and what he was going through. And so I really believe that if we can put some things to practice here that I'm going to share with you I think this will really be a blessing to your life. Now, let's define this subject when we talk about the eye of the mind. And I learned this through the late, great Dr. Reverend Ike. I mean, he is really tremendous. If you never heard of him before, you can find him on YouTube. He has some books. Neville Goddard is one of my favorites as well. These were some really dynamic teachers, men of God, in my opinion. And so they really helped to transform my thought process and really learning this mind science. And Jesus taught mind science. And so this is not something new, in my opinion. It may be new to you, but it's really learning how to use your mind that Jesus gave, that God gave you. We've got a mind, so we might as well use it. We've got a brain. So we need to learn how to put these things together so that we can think for ourselves. I think that's the greatest freedom when you can think for yourselves and not be programmed by the world. But when we talk about the eye of the mind, this is what it means. God in man that sees mental images into manifestation. I'm going to say that to you again. God in man that sees mental images into manifestation. So God became man so that man could become God. That's really what this is about, that God became you so that you could become him. It's the great exchange, in my opinion. So the inner eye is always creating and seeing things into existence. So whenever you start, start with the mind. You might want to jot that down. Whatever you start, start with the mind. People are starting things every day. They may not be finishing, but they're starting new projects. But before you go and buy the paint, before you uh, start the business and get the name for the business, before you try to get married, all of these things, I think it's so important that you start with your mindset. Because if your mindset is not right, 
You can't even stay in a marriage. You can't even finish a project in the house. You can't even go back to school. I think it's so important that we learn how to start everything with the mind. When we get frustrated, when we don't know what to do, when we want to throw in the towel and quit, it is your mindset that is going to kick you right back in gear. And so when we really understand that we can help uh, to push ourselves forward, with mental images that will eventually push us into manifestation. So let me ask you a few questions because I think this is important as well, because I want to give you something to think about. What am I seeing in my mind's eye right now? What are you seeing in your mind's eye? What you see is what you get, because I believe in my opinion, this encapsulates the whole gospel. All of the other things are commentary. What you see is what you become. You are the sum total of what you've been looking at, whether or not you know it or not. You are what you see. So if you are focusing on the wrong things, you will become the wrong things. It works that way. But if you focus on the right things, you will become all that is right, all that is good, all that is beneficial to other people. Here's another question. What am I seeing myself as in my mind's eye? What am I seeing myself with, with my mind's eye? What do I see myself doing with my mind's eye? Because you must become conscious of how you're using your mind's eye. See, Jesus was a very conscious person. And when I say conscious, I mean aware. He was very aware of who he was. I meet people all the time and I don't hardly ever meet people who are aware, aware of who they are, aware of what they can be. When you really become conscious of who you are, not other people, not what they're doing, not conscious of the world, but conscious of you in the world as a person, it will help to connect you with the right people. Because many times we're just kind of going through life, sleep, going through life, not really understanding where we are, who we're with, what we can become. And we spend time with people that we shouldn't be with. We're in places that we shouldn't be. But if we really slow our life down and become aware of these things, we'll wake up to the reality that maybe I shouldn't even be with you. Maybe I shouldn't be here. I mean, as young people, I always tell them and try to encourage them, you can really become what you want to become if you become conscious of who you're with, because who you're with will determine your destiny, will determine the process or courses of things in life because young folks can be very influenced uh, by things, by people, by circumstances. So you got to wake up to you. You got to become aware of your strengths. You got to become aware of who could lead you the wrong way. And what happens is those days become weeks, weeks become months, months become years. And before we know it, We've been with this person for 10 years, a friend for 15 years, and we wake up and say, man, I lost my joy. I lost my peace. I lost my zeal for life. I got in trouble. I may have gotten in jail. Or maybe I smoked some marijuana. Maybe I got on drugs and I lost this and I lost that. And that time is gone because you were not consciously aware 
of who you were with or consciously aware that this is not good for you. And so we don't want you to lose time. We want you to redeem the time. And Jesus was constantly aware of who he was. He was a conscious person. He lived his life with an inner voice that guided him from wrong things and wrong people. It wasn't just because he was the son of God, because the Bible says that he emptied himself out of all of his godness or anything that could have helped him. And he learned obedience, the Bible said, through the things that he suffered, the things that he went through. That's how Jesus learned. And so if he learned it that way, we've got to pick up some clues from the things that he did. So Jesus was self-aware, having a self-consciousness of his own character and his own feelings. That's how character is born, when you're aware of some things. Character is like a sculptor cutting in and designing it. And when you look at it, you say, man, that statue has character, that picture has character and his own feelings. He knew why he felt a certain way. You know, some people are just tossed and driven by every little storm, by every little thing, by every little opinion that's going on in the world. But I want you to know why you feel the way you do. Have the courage of your own convictions. If you feel something is wrong, you ought to be able to clear your throat and articulate your point. Not what everybody else is saying. There's too many carbon copies. So we've got to wake up to this eye of the mind and use our own creative sources, our own creative being, that God in us, that presence within us that can help us chart out our course of action. Here's another question that I have for you. What is my inner picture of myself? What is it? Because we all got an inner picture of ourselves. Low self-esteem comes from a bad mental picture of you. Depression. All of these things that people go through, I don't think they really understand it. The mental picture is wrong. It's off. So what is your inner picture of you? Is it clear? Is it fuzzy? Is it uncertain? Because your assignment is to paint a portrait of yourself as you wish to be. Not what everybody wants you to be, but as you wish to be. If you take some time and paint a picture in your own mind and say, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. And you focus on that thing diligently day after day. You have no other choice but to become what you see. Because again, we're the sum total of what we've been looking at. So I want you to begin to paint a portrait of what you want to be. Now, the eye of the mind is God in creative action through the image of man. I'm going to say that again. The eye of the mind is God in creative action through the image or the imagination of man. So the eye of the mind is God in creative action through my imagination. It's God in creative action through my imagination. So God creates through my imagination. That's how this process comes forth. God says, I want to create through your imagination. Imagination is so powerful. I don't have time to unpack all of this, but I think it's so powerful. And I want you to begin to use your own imagination as a canvas to paint 
what you want to be, what you want to see, where you want to go. And I promise you the manifestation of these things and the modus operandi and all the things that you need to bring all of this good to you will begin to flow out of you by the presence of God. So God is in and through you as man all the time, but too many people are not conscious of this. They're not conscious that God is working through them. They're not conscious of the fact that God is doing all of this through this power of the eye of the mind and our ability to focus on things because people are too busy creating what they don't want and they're not conscious of it. Again, I'm going to keep saying this word conscious. And another word for that is aware. They're just not aware of the things they're thinking about, the things that they're doing, because it's hard to change something when you don't know what it is that you're doing. It's hard to get on a new program when you don't realize the old program is messing you up. And even if you're conscious of the fact that the old program is wrong, sometimes it's difficult to start a new program and stick with it. But this eye of the mind is really going to help you to see some things about you so that you can right the ship. Because people believe that they have nothing to do with their condition. It's everybody's fault. It's this one's fault. It's that one's fault. It's the Republicans. No, it's the Democrats. No, it's the independents. No, it's white people. It's black people. No, it's the Martians. It's the people on the spaceship. I mean, we create so many things in our minds. But I want to say this to you. When you realize nobody can stop you but you and you learn how to deal with you, then who else is it? You've got no competition. You've got nobody that can stop you. God in me is the hope of glory. And when I can realize this powerful, unbeatable, unlimited source of power and anointing lives inside of me, I constantly look at myself and say, you know what? I've become my own worst enemy, my own worst critic. But if I can learn to practice this eye of the mind, see these mental images of me, it'll come into manifestation. And I promise you, it'll bless you real good. So don't leave your life in the hands of someone else. Now, I said all that to get you here because there's two parts of this. There are two aspects of this. And I want you to start this process today. The first aspect of the eye of the mind it's creative. Write that down. That's the first aspect. It's creative. That means I'm starting from scratch. So if it doesn't exist, I can create it. So we need to look in the book of Genesis because the book of Genesis is the meaning or the origin of coming into the being of something. So in Genesis chapter one, a very familiar passage of scripture, I'm sure you've read it many times, but I want you to see this in the light of this eye of the mind because it is creative. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter one, starting at verse number one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Notice he created it. It wasn't there. In the beginning, God created this heaven and the earth. So this is not a big bang theory that put this together. I know people believe this, but that's foolishness. The Bible is true. How did the world get here? How did the heavens get here? The stars, the sky, the water, 
that people can proclaim they enjoy, but they give no credit to God for it. That's silly. That's foolish. But when we understand the Bible, we understand the word of God as being true. We know in the beginning, God created all of this. Verse two, and the earth was without form. No form was there and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, the divine mind moved upon the face of the waters. Verse three, and God said, let there be light and there was light. That's the power of this creative force because the eye of the mind is creative. In other words, he really said, be light. Light wasn't there. Light had no purpose. It had no place to go. It had nothing to do. It wasn't in existence. And the moment God said, be light, light became. And it never stopped becoming light. It never argued with God and said, I don't want to be that. I want to be something else. No, we get what we're going to be from God because he knows what we can be. So it said, be light. And for the next 31 verses in the book of Genesis, God is on display through the eye of the mind. Did you get that? The next 31 verses, just read it. You see God unleash his creative power in the world. It's amazing the stuff that we can look at and give credit to somebody else. Who created the sky? God did. The clouds? God did. The water? The seashore? God did. The animals? God did. God did it all. The world that you look at today was not created by man because man was not intelligent enough to come up with this. Although man thinks he's very smart and in some aspects, man is smart, but we got to learn how to give credit to whom credit is due. You wouldn't want to write a book and somebody take credit for your works. You'd be mad about that. You'd be upset about that. You'd be ready to fight. But God is saying, no, I created all of this to show you that you can create like me. So the first aspect of this, it's creative. So I want you to begin to use your creative power because it's God in me that's doing this. So I can't say I can't do it. No, God is in me. He is doing the work. We all have an imagination. So I want you to see yourself as a creator. If there's something in your life that you don't see, don't get mad, just create. Just think about it. Think about what you want to see. Think about what you want to do. Think about where you want to go and begin to write it down. And I guarantee you, as I said before, it's the modus operandi. It'll come together. Every idea has its own mental mechanics in terms of how it's going to come to pass. So you never have to worry with the how. It'll happen for you. But what you got to focus on is, is the mental image. So we've got to learn how to create. Now, the second part of this eye of the mind is that it's transformative. I want you to write that down. It's transformative. In other words, we mean that something already exists, but it can be changed. It indicates that you don't, or if you don't like something, you don't have to live with it. You can change it. That's powerful. You ever bought a house before or if you're a business person, an apartment building before and you didn't like it, you don't get frustrated and cry about it. You change it. You transform it. 
You remodel it. People do it all the time. They'll buy an old jalopy and they will transform it. That's the transforming power of what you have inside of you. So if it exists already and you don't like it, you can transform it. If it doesn't exist, you can create it. So you're never in a situation where you're stuck. I want you to get that out of your mind. I'm stuck. I can't move forward. I just got to deal with life as it is. That's nonsense. You got to understand these two principles of the eye of the mind. I'm telling you, it will explode in your life like never before. Whatever is not around that you want to see, just create it. If it's there and you don't like it, transform it. So if you don't like your weight, stop crying about it. Transform it. You don't like your hair color? transform it. You don't like how you think. You don't like certain things about you. Don't just live with it. Just don't let the clock tick down on your life. Transform it. You are a transformer. You can change what already exists in your life if you don't like it. You're never stuck. You never have to live life the way that it is. I'm trying to empower you today because you're trying to figure out how I'm going to get to the next level. I don't have money. I don't have connections. Don't focus on that. Get out of your mind the thing that is bringing you down and put in your mind the things that will encourage you and build you up and make a concerted effort to get around people who will push you, people that believe in you, people that inspire you. You just don't have to hang around the same people. That's what you choose to do. Because maybe you feel like they're all that I have. You got to step outside of your comfort zone and see that you are worth it. You've got to see that there's some people who could really push you, who really could believe in you and connect you up with the same connections that they're connected up with. All right. So the first part is creative. The second part is transformative. Now, let's look at this in Isaiah 43 and 19. Just want to give you some scripture here to support this second part of the eye of the mind. Behold, I will do a new thing. You might want to underscore that. Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, look, I'm doing a new thing. So let's not talk about nothing. No, God is always doing something new. And the scripture says, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know of it? I will even make a way in the wilderness away in the rivers, in the desert, where there is no way, God says, I'm going to make a way through you. So when we begin to see the transformative part of this, God is saying, I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how people have projected it'll never get better. That's what they're saying. But God is saying, look at what I'm doing in you. There's something new I'm doing in you, and I want to remove the scales from your eyes so that you can see it. Here's what I'm talking about again, being aware. Many times we are not aware of the new thing God is doing because we keep looking at the old picture. We keep listening to the old tape. Eject it, throw it away, get it away from you. you got to begin to see the new things that God is doing in your life. Look at Isaiah 42 and 9. Same thing. Behold, the former things are passed away. That's powerful. The former things are gone. So why do you keep bringing them up? According to the word of God, they're gone away. 
So stop rehearsing old things. And it says, and new things do I declare, do I say to you. That's the power of God. He's always declaring new things that he's doing. Whatever he's declaring, you need to declare. If he's not saying it, let's not talk about it. So we're not talking about the past no more. We're not talking about things that hurt us and people that hurt us. There's a lot of people, they wake up every day, they keep rehearsing the same old nonsense and they get nowhere. But I believe I'm talking to some people today that say, I'm going to break out of this mentality and declare and decree the new things I see. There are people in your life, they'll never see nothing new about you. They keep seeing the same old you. And I really realize now that it can be very frustrating. It can hold you uh, in a place in your mind where you don't want to be. But I want you to break out by the power of God and know today that you are not what they see. I always say this, the me I will be is what I see. I will be what I see, not what you see. What I envision about myself, the mental pictures, the mental images, the mental equivalent about me, that's what I'm going to be. And I'm going to be stubborn about it. I'm not going to change because I already know what the old me was about. I got the T-shirt about that, just like you do. But let's declare what we can be in God. Now, we got to understand this, too, because Jesus went through this thing because Jesus hanging on the cross. And the Bible talks about how he was hanging on the cross. And in those times, they would speed up the death by breaking your bones, but not Jesus. Look at this. This is profound. In Psalms 34 and 20, the scripture says, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them shall be broken. Look what the word of God declared about Jesus before he got on the cross. This is profound because this is what was in his mind. Jesus, as I said before, was so consciously aware of his relationship with God. He was so consciously in tune with his feelings and certain things. He knew he would be victorious even on the cross with all the sin and the shame. And there was so much commentary uh, from historical writers saying that God turned his back on him because of all the sin God can't turn his back on any anybody uh, that he loves. But I do agree with the fact that the world of sin was on him for those dark times in his life. But Jesus understood what the outcome was going to be. He knew he was going to rise again. He declared it so many times in the gospel. So he knew what the outcome was going to be. How did he know that? He practiced this eye of the mind because it changed his fate. Notice that the soldiers couldn't even do anything to Jesus because he had a made up mind. Do you know how powerful that is? That you can change the very course of what people would do to you because your mindset is strong. I hope you understand what I'm saying to you. They got to Jesus and I'm sure they was like, well, we broke uh, the other prisoner's bones to speed up the death. But when they got to Jesus, why didn't they do it? Because it was already declared that the power that you've got inside of you can change your fate. So it doesn't matter what people will try to do to you. It will fail if you believe your outcome is going to be greater. That's the thing that kicks you over put you over the top. 
If you believe things are not going to work out the way they're saying it, it has to work out the way you said it, the way you believe it. So how do you believe your end will be? What everybody else has been saying or what you have said about you? This is this whole thing about the eye of the mind. I'm telling you, this excites me because nobody has power over me on this planet. Jesus declared it so many. You don't have power over me unless it's been given to you from above. And I know it hasn't. So everybody who's trying to stop you, trying to discourage you, let them try to do all the stuff they're going to try to do. It's going to fail if you believe in the power of this eye of the mind, if you believe no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, you're going to make it through anything in life. Here's my last scripture that I want to give to you. I believe it is in, in Philippians uh, chapter one. Paul says this in verse number 21. He says, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I would not. Notice what he says in verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Verse 24. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is far needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the furtherance and joy of faith. Notice what Paul is doing. He's transforming. Paul is changing the outcome. He said, I choose to be here. I could choose to be gone. <laughs> it's powerful, man. Notice he didn't say, that God was going to get me up out of here or God is going to keep me here. Paul is saying his relationship was so tight with God. He was so aware of who he was that he understood. I can't be taken off the planet until I'm ready to go. Now, that changes things because people have said, well, you know what? God just punched their, 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 their ticket. You know, God just got them out of here. God don't do that. You can stay on the planet as long as you want to stay. Sickness, disease can't take you out. Now, people who believe that they're a victim of their own circumstance and believe that they have no power, no say in how long they stay here, they believe all that other stuff. But for you and I, who are really conscious and aware of the power that we have in a personal relationship with God, knowing that he gave us this earth and he wants us to be here and we know we will die one day, right? But right now, if I have no desire to die, I'm going to stay here. Now, the moment I'm ready to go, I believe God will grant my request. That's what I believe on the scriptures that I've read. And this scripture here alone to me proves this out again. Notice what he said in verse 23. I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. I've got an option here. People live in life that I don't have no option. Paul didn't think that way. Paul said, I got an option. I can stay or leave. But I have chosen to stay because it is far needful for you if I stay here than if I go. Come on, y'all. This is powerful. 
This is the transformative power of the eye of the mind. And this is what was Paul's focus. He was in prison. That didn't take him out. Sickness and disease didn't take him out. All kind of things that Paul went through in the Bible. But when it was time for him to go, when he knew it was over, it because it was because he had finished his race. It wasn't because his race was short circuited or he just threw in the towel. No, he said, I finished my race, my course. I'm done. I'm out. And he was. And the same thing for Paul, the same thing for you. Because God has put inside of you these two principles, this creative power and this transformative power. If it doesn't exist, you can create it. If it does exist and you don't like it, you can transform it. Do this today. Put this in practice today. It'll bless your life. That's all that I have for you. I pray that this blessed you in some way. If it did, I want you to email me at info at Thomas A. Deloach. Let me hear from you. I want to hear from you today. Also, go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber box there. Put your email in my subscriber box. Click the send button and I'll send you a free PDF to encourage you and empower you as well. I'm looking for financial partners. If you want to financially partner with me because you have really loved these episodes and you just want to give because of what I'm giving and the content that I'm sharing with you as I hope it is blessing your life. I want you to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see a donation tab. Click that tab. Put any dollar amount in there that you want. If you want to give a million dollars, I'll gladly receive it. Everything that you give goes for the furtherance of to empower you to develop content, to come on here because it's not free. I've got to do some things on the back end, but I believe that there's some people out here that says, you know what? I've got something that I want to share with this man of God because he's encouraging me. If that's how you feel, do it today. I'm praying for you. Believing that the eye of the mind is going to be a part of your mentality. All right. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.